Thank you, Randy and Joy. Good job. Debbie, thank you. Eddie. All that participated this morning with their worship service. Thank you. <clears throat> of all the days that the preacher has a sermon that's going to go really long. Of all the days. I don't have anything to get home for today. Duke lost. They're out of it. So I just figure I might as well just keep preaching. And some of you all said that you can keep doing that and we're going to get up and walk right out on you. <laughs> don't worry. I want to watch the game too. So good luck to the Wildcats today. Um, just a few short weeks away though, and Randy just mentioned a minute ago, um, is Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday as the world likes to call that. Of course, we, we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ every Sunday and we should every day, do we not? But yet on, on the Easter Resurrection Sunday uh, is a special day, for sure. Make plans to be here with us that day, to worship God with us. Now, I want you to do that every single week, of course. Uh, but don't, don't let anything come in the way if you can keep from it. Uh, be, be here with us on that uh, very special Sunday. And yeah, we, we do have some stuff that is getting prepared for that. Because um, it's just right around the corner. Man, I can't believe how quick it has come. Also, don't forget about Holy Week. I think Scott mentioned something earlier. Uh, the week before Easter at noon at uh, Trinity, um, Hartford United Methodist Church. Um, we have Tuesday, but every day we'll, we'll be up there at 11. Is it 11 o'clock? It's in your bulletin. Check the time. Um, but we have Tuesday, so make sure especially to be, here on, be there on that day. What else do I have to say? Well, today, what are we here to do? We're here to worship. Now, w- let's talk about what worship is. I, I think there's a number of different ways that people might like to define it or describe it. I'm just going to give a summary statement. I think worshiping God is glorifying God with all that we do or all that we are. It's about those happy times and still worshiping during those sad times. Uh, it's First Thessalonians chapter 5 where it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. I think that is a real good definition of what worship is. It definitely includes us making a joyful noise, um, singing, worshiping with our instruments. It definitely includes the Lord's Supper. It definitely includes the giving of our money and our time. And, and it definitely includes learning. So really, worship is just kind of an overcompassing statement for me for glorifying God. I was very worshipful this morning when something that had been missing reappeared. Now, I've just got to tell you this story. If you missed last Sunday night, you should have been here because the youth uh, Sunday night did just a great job. Um, when they do youth Sunday night, Scott or someone typically uses my microphone, right? And on Wednesday night, I used my mic, and I came in, and that little, little fuzzy thing was gone. But I did. <laughs> it was gone. Where could that thing possibly be? Scott had no idea. It must be Kyle's fault. <laughs> and then he came this morning and said he found it in his bag. So crisis averted. So we can still worship. But even without that, we can still worship and glorify with all that we do. So, how do we do this? I think that's the question that I want to answer today. How, how do we worship with all that we are, with all that we say, with all that we do? 
Think about this. In our lives, sometimes, many times, uh, things become extremely important to us. Uh, Maybe what's important to you is uh, watching a basketball game today. Or maybe it's a a cause. Something that someone tells you or that you hear or that you read or that you see and you want to do something about. I think that is a real good start to where we're going today. It's kind of like putting things from your head to your heart. We have a responsibility at Hartford Christian Church to put Christ in people's lives. That should be the kind of thing that we're taking from our heads and to our heart and making actions of. Now, you see up there in the picture, Save the Whales. That started with a young lady by the name of Maris Seidenstaker. I think I said that right. Back in 1977, she was 14 years old. And she had seen something or heard something about a blue whale who was pregnant and um, was, was going to die, basically, the way the whales had been treated at that point in time. And she started a campaign. And that campaign started with T-shirts. Some of y'all may even remember this. I don't know. I wasn't born yet. But T-shirts that said what on them? Save the whales. But there's probably not one person in here today that has not heard that statement. Save the whales. I know growing up um, out in California, it was just a, a, a big thing out there. Save the whales, save the whales. Because uh, there was a lot of whales out there, believe it or not, on the Pacific coast. And people were talking about, we've got to make sure we save the whales. That grew, that company grew, uh, that statement grew, save the whales, into where, again, not everyone knows. And over 300,000 students, Maris is a teacher now, and... She has had over 300,000 students over the past 40 years that have come through her organization to be taught and to be educated about whales. Now think about that. That's called, she had something in her head, and she took it to heart, did she not? Now if we do that, if we do that same thing with putting Christ in people's lives, think about the impact that we could have. Now, maybe it won't be just a shirt that says, have a nice day or or, or, save the whales. Maybe it's just with our lives. Uh, Maybe there's no gimmick. Maybe it's just by spreading and sharing and proclaiming God's truth. So how are we going to live that, do that? We are going to live our lives full of worship. From head to toe, from head to our heart, we must worship Christ with all that we do. So let's start right here. Just like Maris did with Save the Whales 40 years ago. Let's start right here. Let's worship God with our mind. Knowing God. And it's that, that, that old saying, right? I want to know God, not just know about God. But let's add to that because knowing about God is how we get to know God more and more as well. I believe that, and I've said this many times before, I believe that everyone has an inborn knowledge of God. As we've gone through the book of Romans and, uh, and studied it hard over the past year plus, we, we know that Paul even says that about the Gentiles. There, there's things all around us, everywhere we go, creation, just in your heart, in your heart, you know, just inborn gift right there. There is a God, there must be a higher power. I'm talking about much more than that. I'm talking about getting to know your Savior. Matthew chapter 13, verse 18 through 19. It says, listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, 
The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Now remember this parable. That seed sown along the path is that seed that everyone perhaps has in their life automatically. It's that casual knowledge of God. Now, not, not too long ago, we talked about what we believe about God. We know that we have got to continue to learn, continue to grow, to continue to study, to know more about our Lord. Not just have that, that casual knowledge. You put that in your bulletin, casual knowledge. We need far more than that. Because that's just that seed along the path. That the bird's going to come and snatch up. That the devil's going to sweep off. So what else are we going to do? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. And what is this telling us? That, that milk, when we're being fed, when we're learning, when we're growing, that, that milk is very little depth. And perhaps we need to understand what that means, to have very little depth. It's, it's just that casual knowledge. I know just a little bit about God. I know just what I learned a long time ago, but I don't apply it to my life on a daily basis. That's, to me, milk. Maybe it's the, the hearsay that you have in your life, or the shallow study that, that you had. Or maybe you could say, I'm only on the milk because my faith is based... Entirely on emotions and nothing else. See, we, folks, we've got to get to the place where we can have some of the meat of the Scripture. And when we have the meat of the Scripture, it's far more, far more than just emotions or, or knowing a Bible story. It's called application in your life daily. Daily. Very important thing. How are we going to have that application to learn more and more? Knowledge about God. Matthew chapter 13, verse 23, just a little bit after this parable, again, says, But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. You see the important spot there. Hears the word and understands it. Ladies and gentlemen, I have some news for you. There is no one here who can read scripture and understand it the very first time in every instance. Now, there's some times where there's some scripture that is pretty easy. It's cut and dry. We, we learn about it. But again, as we've studied on Wednesday night, I hope that everyone that's been here has a much more in-depth knowledge of the book of Romans. I know that I do. I know that I certainly do because we've looked at it and we've gone over it and over it and over it and over it. You can sometimes read the same passage of scripture Numerous times before something strikes you right here. So my encouragement to you this week is that you read Matthew chapter 13 and the parable of the sower. Read it at home this week on your own. Read it a couple times if you can. Read it every day if you're willing to know more about what it means to be a Christian and that understanding. See, we're looking for in-depth study. That better understanding where we can grow more in tune with God. Knowing Him not just knowing about him. When we start to have this, so when we start to understand, and again, we talked about Wednesday night, how awesome the Old Testament is. And why, why do I say that? Because we're, we're a New Testament church, make no mistake. How awesome is the Old Testament? Because everything in the Old Testament points to Jesus. Folks, that's a solid foundation right there. And I, I am thankful for that. 
So since we're thankful to God and the knowledge and the understanding that we have and we know that we need more of, what do we do? What can I do to show him how thankful I am? It goes from our head to our heart. And when I say heart today, I'm talking about praising God. That Not just singing or playing an instrument or saying praise God. I'm talking about praising God from your heart where it's just heartfelt, genuine. You mean it. You mean it. It's those times when you say amen, not just because you agree, because from your heart, you know it's right. Two types. Corporate and personal. Two types of praise, two types of worship here, corporate and personal. Corporate. Psalm chapter 35, verse 18 says, I will give you thanks in the great assembly among the throngs. I will praise you. Together we come together. The assembly, if you will. When people come together for the purpose of worship. Now, it can't just end here. It's that, that first day of the week, right? Like Joey, great example with his offering meditation earlier. We, this is when we collect monies. This is when we should set it first, not last, not what's left over. And the same thing for us in our lives. This is a good way to start our week. Worshiping God together. So, we come for the purpose of worship. Assembling. Church family. Psalm 149.1 says, Praise the Lord. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of His faithful people. We're going to give thanks. When we come together, we're going to praise God when we come together. We're going to sing. We're going to give glory and honor to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords. We're going to, uh, we're here for more than just fulfilling a responsibility. We're here to give worship, and that's about loving, that's about appreciation, that's about lifting up, that's about us doing it together. Folks, if you're here to worship God together with me this morning, say amen. amen. What an awesome awesome opportunity we have as a church family to come together every week and have this time. But don't limit this worship to just an hour a week. Personal worship. John chapter 4, verse 23 through 24 says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is Spirit and His worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. So where does the location of this personal worship come from? I believe it comes from your heart. Same thing as when we come together corporately. Because corporately, it's a bunch of personal worshipers together, right? As a team. It's your heart. So what do we do? We remember the knowledge we started with the mind. We're taking it to the heart. We remember that knowledge. And what truths have we realized because we've studied, because we've learned, because we've understood about God? What truths? We've realized his love, his care, his concern, his guidance, his lordship, his kingship, his worthiness, and certainly how awesome he is. So from our heart, we have this personal worship. That's the truth that we know. And the spirit that we have is that we will focus on God. We'll focus on our faith. Here's the truth. Now let's focus on them. In spirit and truth, we worship God. Romans 12.1 
says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. That right there defines it, in my opinion. Think about it. A living sacrifice. Now, this, this is not saying that, that you should go out and, and sacrifice yourself. It's talking about a living sacrifice. What you do in your life daily. What you do in your life about worshiping. That's the living sacrifice that we have. And it's got to be holy and pleasing to God. That's true. That's proper. That's what worship is. Offering that living sacrifice. That's spiritual worship. So I have to ask you folks, are you ready to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice to Jesus? Living for Jesus. When we're in that spot, we've gone from our head to our heart, and now we're going deep down in our soul, surrendering ourselves to God. That's what worship is. That's, that's what we do to please Him. Total surrender. And humbling ourselves to do that. Now, when we talk about humbling ourselves sometimes, that, that is a hard thing. It's so easy for us to say, I'm going to humble myself. But it's harder to act on sometimes. It's easy to even convince ourselves that we're humbling ourselves. But yet sometimes our own arrogance can get in the way and convince ourselves that we're actually just humbling ourselves. It's a tricky thing, no doubt. But when we come together for our worship, here, together on Sunday mornings, or through the week, or on your own, are you humbling yourself? When you sing, or when you play, or when, or when you listen, or, or from the heart, uh, read the words on the screen, is it about you, or is it about Jesus? When it's coming from our souls, there's no doubt about it. It should be about the Lord. So Psalm 95, 6-7 says, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture, the flock under His care today. If only you would hear His voice. Now, this is a song, right? Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our God, our Maker. For He is our rock. And we are the people of his pasture. I hope you all heard that one. If not, we need to sing it soon. Because there's so many good songs out there that are straight scripture. And that is worship. That, that is worship. But more than just the song itself, living this way. Living this way. Folks, are we living in a way that's saying, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to bow down and I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to bow down and kneel. I hope that we do love to worship. Psalm 96, 2. And this is one of those, another one of those chapters that I'm going to encourage you. Write this down. Read Psalm 96 this week. It's more than just Sunday morning. I'm giving you assignments now. You got Matthew 13, and now you got Psalm 96. That's not too much, but I promise you, it'll help you grow in faith if you read those through the week. Here's the verse 2 of that. Sing to the Lord, praise His name, proclaim His salvation day after day, daily, every day. Proclaim His salvation. Are we proclaiming His salvation? Do you proclaim His salvation? 
Do you proclaim his willingness to save you? Do you proclaim that with your life daily? Maybe only you could answer that. But don't fool yourself. If you're talking about getting prepared a little bit for Easter, and I don't know if you all knew this or not, but Easter Sunday this year is on April 1st. And in my sermon preparation, I can tell you, I've narrowed down a couple titles. But the one I think we're going to go with is Don't Get Fooled. So don't fool yourselves either. Are you proclaiming his salvation in action and in attitude with your behavior? And are you doing it daily? Are you proclaiming his salvation with your word of mouth? Are you telling your brothers, your sisters, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers? Are you telling about Jesus? Folks, there's nothing more important that you'll ever do. And that's definitely a big part of worship. Next verse in Psalm there in 29.2 says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Worship God. All, all we have is his. And we owe him glory. So in conclusion today, we've talked about our head, our heart, our soul. And now let's do it with all our strength. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. That is worshiping him. And when we have that strength again, we have behavior. All of us, all of my being, we may fall short. We will. But part of our worship is also repenting and saying, Lord, I'm sorry. Thank you. Again, for forgiving me. Our actions, we talk about them all the time, our head to our heart. Let's let our actions match what we say we believe. Let's let our actions show that we're ready to follow Jesus and fish for men. So worship with all you have. Romans fourteen seventeen through 18. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you too. So what's the application of this verse? We know that we've got to have goodness and peace and, and, and joy in the Holy Spirit. What did the last part there say? If you serve Christ, if If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God. So I think worship is serving Christ with attitude. And you see that and you might think, well, that's kind of like thinking of a bad. No, it's not. Because what kind of attitude is it? An attitude of goodness, of peace, and of joy. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Hartford Christian Church, let's serve Christ with an attitude. Would you please bow with me? Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for giving us the opportunity to serve you, to worship you, to glorify you. Help us to do that with all that we say and do. Help us to do it with with goodness and with, with, with peace and with joy. 
Help us to be a living sacrifice to you every day. And Lord, it's just not much of a sacrifice for us to make to live for you. Not whenever you've sacrificed your son for us. Thank you so very much for being such an awesome God. Thank you most of all for your son Jesus, who gives us that reason to worship you with all that we have in goodness and in peace and in joy. Help us to worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. Every day of our lives, help us to proclaim your name, who we are, how we behave, what we say, and what we do. Lord, I ask a blessing upon our church, our church family. Help us to worship you to the absolute best of our ability. And in Christ Jesus' name we now pray. Amen. Would you all please stand?